four, three, two, one. We have ignition. We have liftoff. Out and about is a go. All systems are normal. Yes, yes, indeed. All systems are nominal. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Out and About. I'm your host, Captain DJ Maeve. You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane on 88.192.3 and FM. And for those of you who may be lost on the internet, yes, you have found your way. You are on KYRS.org if you have, happen to be listening that way. Or maybe you're listening in the future. We don't know. You're not listening in the past, though. I know that. Um, welcome. Welcome to the show. We have we have a full studio in here today. Welcome, everybody. We're going to go around. First, I'm going, to, I'm going to introduce you all, and then you can all go around and introduce yourselves all over again and make the audience feel like they're losing their minds. Okay, so what we, ha- what we have in the, what we have in the uh, studio today is we have castmates and the director, co-director of Fun Home, which is playing at Stage Left Theater. And full disclosure, I am on the board of Stage Left Theater. Uh, I don't get paid, and and they get what they pay for. But um, but I will let you know that this show is dynamite. I've seen it, and it'll do everything to you that you think a, a theatrical show should do. So. In our studio today, we have, right here, we have B. Aaron, who is the Stage Left Theater General Manager as well. It's a, it's a home production. We have Hope Cornette, who plays, oh, and, and is back up. You, B, you, your character is, uh, you play... I'm play, playing Helen. Helen, that's right. Right, and you are Medium Allison. Yes. And then, uh, and, and then we have Holland... Who is Joan? And then we have Jeremy Whittington from Stage Left Theater. And now let's just do it all over again. Why don't we start over? Tell me your character, and we're just going to work our way here. Tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your character, and then we're going to dive into the play. Okay. Well, hello. Uh, my name is B. Aaron, and I am playing Helen Bechtel in Stage Left's production of Fun Home. Um, I am. In fact, the general manager over at Stage Left Theater, uh, we're doing big things, so follow us and check out what we have up- upcoming. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Good to have you here. Hi, I'm Hope. I play Medium Allison in Stage Left's production of Fun Home. Um, geez, Allison is a college-age student trying to find herself. Um, I'm Holland. I play Joan, um, the love interest to Medium Allison. Um, it's kind of my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Jeremy, I'm so sorry. I didn't give you your your title as the managing and then the artistic director of Stage Left Theater. You know, we all have so many titles around here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, it is a homegrown production for sure, um, with a few exceptions. Um, uh, two of our lovely humans here in the studio, this is their first time. Uh, on our stage, and for Hope Cornette, this is their first time uh, in a big production in Spokane. Um, uh, yes, I am the managing artistic director at Stage Left Theater, um, and I was the scenic designer for the show, and I had the pleasure of co-directing with my friend Troy Nickerson. And, you know, in this show, it um, it's such a to me it was a very funny play that um, that really sets you up for a lot of other emotions, right? And so why don't we, can we talk, I don't want to give everything away, but can we just kind of talk in broad brush strokes about the play? The story Uh, itself? Yeah, absolutely. We can get as giveaway as you want to. I mean, uh, older Allison, who's played by Chelsea Duvall, very deftly in this production, it narrates the script and at the very beginning of the show tells us what's going to happen near the that's, end of the show. That's so very true. It's very true, yeah. So this is a story of Alison Bechtel's life. Um, Allison is a real-life human being, um, a lesbian cartoonist who wrote a graphic novel, many graphic novels actually, um, and one of them was Fun Home. And some Broadway 
producers uh, got a hold of the the graphic novel and said this would make a lovely musical and decided to to do that and uh, they turned it into the 2015 Tony award-winning musical um, it's about uh, Allison's coming-of-age story uh, looking back on her life in her present day she's 43 um, and on stage uh, presenting as adult Allison and then we have three other actors who portray Allison at age 19 and at age 10 so this is very much a memory play, trying to sort out in Allison's mind and in her heart, really, um, the connection that she has with her father. Um, they grew up in a small Pennsylvania town, and she was gay, and he was gay, and he killed himself. That's an actual line from from the song. Yes, it is. Um, so no, no real spoiler alerts. That's what the musical is about. And um, we get to see glimpses of Allison's uh, home life um, and love life and college and the things that she experienced as a young child uh, with a domineering in the closet father in a small town so it's a uh, you feel all the emotions like you said you're going to feel everything in this one yeah and how many of you did read the were familiar with the graphic novel or the stage production before you I was, yeah. I actually read the novel during um, the rehearsal process for Fun Home, which was really interesting. It was really neat to um, read all of that and learn more about the character that I was portraying um, as the process was going on. It allowed me to learn a lot about Alison Bechdel as a person. And and do you find, I'm going to ask each of you kind of this question too, uh, as we go around and talk about your characters a little bit more in depth, do you find that uh, as you perform, you discover more things about your character that you weren't aware of before. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead, Holland. What do you, what do, what do you have to say about that? Um, with playing Joan, I notice a lot of being the, I guess, mediators. A lot of the people in the audience pointed out to me, um, and just sitting back and realizing, medium Allison is in the course of getting to know herself and getting not necessarily the confidence, but I guess like the oomph yeah. to kind of come out or face the parents and things like that. And in the quiet moments when I just listen to Hope playing medium Allison, that's kind of where I've been living a lot. And, and for your character, I was thinking you really have a lift because so much of the levity mm. of the play comes from you. Mm. And so you have a big role to perform and you're also kind of the mentor in a way and the the, the wisdom figure kind of. Poking and prodding. Yeah, coming <laughs> into the house and sort of, uh, you know, sideways glances to, to Allison. And, and is that, how did you go about, um, how did you go about making your characters, you know, that, uh, accessible to fun, I guess. Was that come naturally to you? It was natural and also a lot of like side notes of like, hey, what if you do this and things? And then it's just kind of slowly breaking it down and figuring out what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And and as you've, has all of you, you have uh, done your performances, have you seen your character uh, evolve a little bit different as far as from feedback from the audience? <laughs> Because, I mean, every audience is different, right? So you probably get laughs sometimes where you go like, I wonder why they laughed at that. I said no. (laughs) The audience reacted once when I said no. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, the the comedic chemistry between uh, Hope and Holland was immediate, both in the audition process and right from the beginning of rehearsals. So um, the chemistry that they have on stage lends itself to the levity moments that come with that and also to the... The deeper moments of, um, you know, Medium Allison is the is the character in the in the play and on the stage who, who comes out, uh, and we get to witness what that journey looks like and um, the uh, I don't know companionship between the two mm-hmm. of you both as characters on stage and as actors is really compelling as an audience member and allows me the freedom to laugh at the things that other people might not find funny. So it's been interesting hearing what when people laugh and why mm-hmm. um, and then finding those moments where oh as an actor I need to pause for a brief moment and they do it very very uh, adeptly yeah and and B on your character Helen who's the mom in in the graphic novel she's really a strong character and I get that from you too a strong person with her own voice and her own story um, how is that for you to kind of like 
break out of, of this and sort of have your own side story? Was that a hard thing to do? Or? Um, sure, yeah. I mean, really, when you're playing a character that's a real-life person, um, it kind of gives you less freedom in a way, but mm-hmm. also it helps you to build your character um, in a way that represents who they were yeah. and what, what their experience was. Um, Helen... Yes, Helen is a very strong person, and my portrayal of her, I feel, um, embodies that in a way, but also um, she tends to internalize a lot. Yeah. And um, she internalizes the domestic abuse, she internalizes the infidelity, she internalizes so much where her she gets to a point where she just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And she's reflecting on her life and her choices and her family and looking at it with eyes of, well, as she sings about to in the show, those days I can't get back. You yeah. Know? And your singing is so beautiful in there. All of you do such a great job. And But your singing, uh, I, I find, uh, there's so many heartbreaking and funny moments, again, that are valid people who are listening to this don't feel like you're going to be bummed out <laughs> because it's it's a beautiful thing and, and it's it's to me it's just top-notch theater that does that 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 lets you feel every emotion and really strongly you know one of the things that uh, jared phelps said when uh, when he was being interviewed and he plays bruce uh, allison's father in the play and helen's husband who is the perpetuator of infidelity and emotional and domestic abuse and, and um, all sorts of uh, crimes, really. And he said that this musical will lift you up in one moment and then just pull the rug out and let you fall and then it'll lift you back up. And it keeps doing that through the whole play. And each of, the, each of these characters um, kind of have that dynamic that flows up and then the floor drops out and then up and then the floor drops out. And I think for me, the overall arc of the play, when I first saw it, really culminated with Helen's song, Days and Days, because Helen represents, for me, the the character who has to internalize, like B said, all of the stuff that's going on around and doesn't get to let it out until that song. So for me, that fall of that tremendous moment and the last lines of that song are just so devastatingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. and. He does such an excellent job, like bringing that to life. That um, that's the real um, thrust of what I feel as an audience member is because you sit there and you see these actors doing this story, and you're like, you're internalizing it as an audience member. You're like, oh, oh, how do I feel about this, or what does this mean to me? And then just to see a character finally, I can't handle this anymore, um, is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we're gonna talk a little bit about. Your set, which is beautiful, and and I want to ask what, how does it work co-directing? I want to get into that a little bit, but as far as you know, Jeremy just kind of touched a little bit about the uh, seeing somebody's story up there, and these people are real to you. Did you do? Um, um, hope I know you said you looked at the graphic novel. How about the rest of you? Did you kind of look at like who this person, or did you start with a clean slate? And because I mean, either way is fine. I mean, how, however, you're going to do this? Do you mm-hmm. start with a clean slate and bring so much of yourself into it, or how? What's the preparation like for that? Oh well, I did a little bit of research into Helen Bechtel and who she was, and their small Pennsylvania town, and all of the surrounding areas. I was really curious. We mm-hmm. reference it a lot in the show. Um, yeah, and I definitely think that that gave me. I guess the fuel that I needed to to really sink my teeth into Helen mm-hmm. and and portray her in a way that's respectful and and I like to hope that the real Helen Bechtel out there would be proud of what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Um, I definitely went in clean slate. <laughs> I did. I did glance at uh, the book when Hope had it backstage and was very surprised at um, like. It, short blonde hair glasses and then I'm over here like hey what's good (laughs) (laughs) so I I didn't do too much research sadly I think you nailed it so well and you know I I'm glad you didn't know this probably beforehand but when we were doing our greeting thing the other night uh was it 
Sun, I forget, whatever night I was doing the, doing the greeting, um, there was a woman in the audience and she says, I went to school with Allison. Mm. Did you talk yeah. to her? She came her? up to me and she yeah. said, I knew, I knew Joan too. I yes, like, oh my gosh, thank she you. knew Joan really well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so what did she say? Did she say, you nailed it or you reminded me of her? Or? Yeah, it was really cute. She just went, I knew Joan and just directly looked in my eyes and I went, oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then she asked if I wanted a career in acting and I went, I'm usually I'm usually behind the stage, but um, yeah. th- thanks. So. Yeah, I just thought that was so... It was so wild when she came came up and and told me so cute. It was. I asked her about what it must be like to have known a person and then see them portrayed in a musical. Yeah. And she said it is really interesting to watch a production and be like, I knew these people. I know it was it was really cool to talk to her, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, she's really a cool person. Yeah, Yeah. super nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it's funny, so um and this is a dumb. Well, all these questions are dumb, but um, we love dumb. <laughs> but, but do you, when you read a graphic novel and you see, I mean, this Allison, what, what a tour de force. I mean, really, I mean, great writer, great artist, a great story. But you know what? It's not that uncommon of a story, unfortunately. Do you, after being involved in this, do you kind of think about your li- own lives as story? more oh yeah oh yeah yeah okay go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say i oh something about medium allison specifically feels so familiar to me Uh um i told jeremy about this a little bit but changing my major was like a huge part of how i came to terms with my sexuality um what was your major before (laughs) <laughs> and to clarify, changing my major is uh, uh, Medium Allison's big, big song. Yes, that's what she's... Oh, oh, oh yeah. I got that loaded up. Yeah. Okay, okay I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're good. That's when uh, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm a changing lesbian. changing my major I don't to like Joan. boys even a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Which, real. But, um, and so, to think about my life and the parallels that I've noticed with my life and... Allison and Allison's relationship with her dad. It's been therapeutic in a way yeah. to be like, this isn't an uncommon story. Like there are people like me, like Allison, like it's, it's been really neat and eye opening. Yeah. And it's nice that I think we're at a point where people can share their stories and not take things to the grave with them, you know, like Allison's dad. you know I just think that's that you know I talked to Jared a little bit about that and he said that's for him was like the saddest part is that you know not getting to know this person's story you know and to tell their story so um yeah how about you B is there has it kind of made you think more about your life as far as story or I mean um, absolutely there are so many parallels that can be made when it comes to I guess I relate a lot to Helen as a mother, mm-hmm. you know, taking the time away from yourself to raise your children, to put everything you have into caring for your family, um, and to feel those feelings of overwhelm, Yeah, to feel like you're missing out on something, which, again, she sings about um, how the days go by and the days and days and days you just can't get those back. Right. And because and Helen is like the glue kind of keeping the Absolutely. family together. She's the pillar of the household. While Bruce she... is sort of like doing his thing. That. Yes. You know I mean, and it's sort of like, well, I have to be true to myself type of attitude. And, and Helen is a responsible yeah. person. She holds and, it together for the kids. Yeah. And she always puts on that brave face for them. Yeah. Until Allison <laughs> is an adult finally and is able to... I guess help take on the brunt of those emotions from mother, which may or may not be healthy. But yeah. in in terms of drama, it was very well written. And yes, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna do our twenty minute break. I got load up. I got oh, got kind of a late start here, so I got to load up a bunch of junk on the computer. But <laughs> um, before we do that, why don't Jeremy? Why don't you let people know how? Now, hopefully. 
people have heard this and they're going like, we got, I got to see the show. How, how would one go about doing that? Yeah, the hype is real on this one. Um, everyone who's seen it has just been gushing with praise. Uh, if you go to our website, www.stageleftheater.org, that's theater with an E-R, um, you can go to tickets and you can click on Fun Home and you can buy your tickets right there. They, I will say they're going very fast. Um, every weekend is sold out so far. Um, Thursdays, uh, tomorrow starts week three of four weeks, and uh, Thursdays are pay what you will, so tickets are as low as $15. So if you feel... Tomorrow's limited, Wednesday. Oh, so I'm a day ahead in my brain. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I was with you on that. Like, oh, right. man, Thursday, yeah. I could be there Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, so in two days, Thursday, um, <laughs> it's pay what you will night. So you can get $15, $20 tickets, um, whatever you have in your wallet that, that you can afford. Um, we'll get you in to see the show because we want to make it accessible to everyone. Normal ticketing prices are $35 for uh, general admission and $30 for student, senior, military. Again, stageleftheater.org. Yeah, and and you know, I think it's a real testament. It's not because the show is being advertised more. It's because people are seeing the show and they're telling their friends, you need to see this. Absolutely. And that's what's happening. Okay, we're going to start. I'm going to start playing some stuff. Why don't I do that? And speaking of changing my major, we're going to start off with that a little bit, and then I'm going to get some stuff loaded up. Here we go, everybody. What happened last night? Are you really here? Joan, 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 Joan. Hi, Joan. Don't wake up, Joan. Oh my God, last night. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, last night. I got so excited, I was too enthusiastic. Thank you for not laughing. Well, you laughed a little bit at one point when I was touching you and said I might lose consciousness, which you said was adorable. And I just have to trust that you don't think I'm an idiot or some kind of an animal. I never lost control due to overwhelming lust, but I must say that I'm changing my major to Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan. I'm changing my major to sex with Joan with a minor in kissing Joan. Foreign study to Joan's inner thighs. A seminar on Joan's ass in her Levi's and Joan's crazy brown eyes. Joan, I feel like Hercules. Oh God, that sounds ridiculous. Just keep on sleeping through this and I'll work on calming down so by the time you've woken up, I'll be cool, I'll be collected, and I'll have found some dignity. But who needs dignity? Because this is so much better. I'm Cameron Pierce, hailing from Prague Planet. Prague Planet is a diverse new program with a mix of progressive and art rock music. It's ranging from the classic hits to new releases. This exoplanet has been captured in the orbit of a station near to you. Prague Planet, charting the final frontier of progressive rock and roll music. Thursday nights from 10 p.m. to midnight. Right here on KYRS Thin Air Community Radio. Radio, 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 This is your KYRS live and local calendar for February 5th through the 8th. Monday, open mic hosted by Kevin Partridge at Black Label Brewing Company. Open jam at Jackson Street. Open mic hosted by Ben Tendo at the Red Room. And Victor's Voice Ladies Open Mic hosted by Lindsay Lee at the Goody Bar and Grill. Tuesday, open jam at Jackson Street and Kyle Richard at Live Entertainment next to the Goody Bar and Grill. Wednesday, Nate Ostrander at Zeke's Pizza, the Teresa Edwards Band at Barrister, Honey Soup at Iron Horse in the Valley, the Justin Priest Band at Zola, King Ropes, Pitt, and Kneebone at the Baby Bar, open mic hosted by Derek Hart at the Checkerboard, and the Roommates Jam at the Red Room. Thursday, Ken Davis at McCracken's, Green Corduroy at Arborcrest, Who Do You Do at Bolos, Villa Blues and Jazz at Emma Roos, Blues Jam at Chan's Red Dragon, and Moon Tricks and Will Evans at the District. For an entire hour of local musicians, tune into Sounds of Spokane every Sunday night at 8 on KYRS. 
KYRS is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted car, truck, minivan, motorcycle, and more. Vehicles are picked up free of charge, sold, and the proceeds help KYRS bring you the programs you know and love. It's easy to donate your vehicle, and it's tax-deductible. Just call our toll-free line to arrange a free pickup, 855 855- KYRS car. That's 855 597 7227. The Great Pacific Northwest begins right here. Spokane, Washington. 50 years ago, the world came to Spokane. KYRS wants to hear your stories. Keep your memories alive and share your Expo 74 experiences. Go to spospo74.com to learn more. That's S. P-O-S-P-O-7-4.com. The University High School Theater prevents... Uh, prevents? No, they're not going to prevent this. They're going to actually do it. The University High School Theater presents The Diary of Anne Frank, a unique and emotional ex- uh, playhouse experience, Wednesday through Friday, uh, February 21st, 22nd, 23rd at 6.30 p.m. And Saturday, February 24th at 2 and 6.30 p.m. University High School, 12420 East 32nd Avenue. Where is that at? In the Spokane Valley. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Captain DJ Maybe You're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane. And I am talking to uh, one of the co-directors and then three of the cast members from Fun Home. And for those who don't don't know, Fun Home is short for Funeral Home because that's part of the play. That's part of the set. And Jeremy, I want to talk to you a little about about the set design. Now, I think you you captured the look of of um, of, of Allison Bechtel's uh, cartooning so well. Was that was that a hard? look to get or you know i my whole life i always wanted to be a comic book artist since i was a little kid that you're was, so that, good at that it was too. my dream and my goal and then uh i came out and met my first boyfriend when i was 19 at ohio university and he was a theater student so i wanted to be a theater student <laughs> so i switched my major to theater um and having a show like this that allows me to explore that um illustrative side of my nature as an artist is really fulfilling for me um, I took some liberties, of course, with the the look and the line weights and the and the proportions and and how things are laid out on a page. But definitely was inspired by uh, Allison's beautiful work from the graphic novel and some of her other illustrations also that don't appear in the graphic novel. I just wanted to really convey, since this is a memory play, I wanted to convey the idea that older Allison was really trying to grasp and wrap her head around these memories and coalesce it into the graphic novel that she's writing while we're watching her on stage performing the musical. She's actually writing the graphic novel on stage. So we have all these pages flying off of the art table and becoming the large um, uh, the large panels from the comic book um, to help give both um, interest, but also to denote some of the locations. Like when they're up in the cafe scene, we specifically took two overlapping panels and made it the cafe from the graphic novel coming down into the space. So yeah, little tricks like that. Uh, it was really fun to play with. Well, you know, and the, I, what does our theater hold? Sixty people. Sixty, yeah. Yeah. So um, the stage is not. It's bigger once you're up there. It looks a lot bigger than than from it does from the audience. But um, I think people come to stage left who are ardent theater goers of stage left, and they always expect surprises on the stage. Absolutely, don't they? And and this won't disappoint them. No, you know one of the things we talked about Troy and I when we were discussing the blocking of it is okay. How are, do we need a casket, and how are we going to do this on stage? You know, how are we going to get the dorm room bed on stage? All these different facets of 
what is implied in the script um, to do in a space that's 24 feet wide by 28 feet deep uh, is always challenging. But, you know, we did Sweeney Todd on our stage, so we can pretty much do anything on our stage. And that was a triumph. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. But there are some little tricks. Yeah, some little tricks that we pulled um, architecturally to um, enable the actors to create environments that differ throughout the course of the play. It was a challenge and um, we we all worked hard on it, like asking, well, okay, what if this created this space? Um, and I think what we came up with was a really well choreographed um, memory that flows in front of you and becomes different environments. And Alana Shepard's lighting design, I mean, oh, I mean, always, smack right? Smack dab, a, gorgeous, yeah. Gorgeous, always. Yeah. Um, really helps delineate different areas, different environment, different moods. You know, there are subtle things that Alana does with lighting. Like every time, uh, every time Chelsea's character, older Allison, uh, is living in a memory, the the panels that are on the sidewalls glow blue. And some people <laughs> won't notice that. But you but don't have to. You don't have to. That's yeah. right. All of the 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 symbology that light brings to to space, uh, Alana is just so crafty at, at making that space just shine. Literally. <laughs> yes, literally. Um, when you uh, you mentioned Troy Nickerson and you two are co-directing this, and I'm sure it works different for different people. But do you did you each is is there a um, different parts that you decided to take, or do you collaborate on every aspect of it? How does that work? You know, Troy has been a friend of mine for a long time, and and I met him when I first stage managed a show um, in my early career in theater, and and we're close also. So we've always had this conversational dynamic with one another, both in our friendship and in our work. I've I've scenic designed for him many times. I've stage managed for him. I've acted on stage for him as a, with him as my director, um, and the language that we speak really uh, is similar. So it's not difficult to. Uh, talk about okay what are we going to tackle in terms of dividing this load and for us it became you know Troy is I think very masterful at creating um, pictures and imagery on stage and moving people to the right locations and I like those smaller moments where uh, character really shines through in brief moments of emotion and uh, I was fortunate enough that Troy let me tackle some of those whenever I had an idea um, you know, Troy's the experienced director here. I've done a handful of shorts before, but this yeah. is my first major show. And and um, going into this, I knew that I wanted to have um, some sort of directorial input in the show. Um, yeah. So that was established from the very beginning. Do, do you find yourself making tweaks to the uh, stage when you're watching people do things like, oh, if I did this instead, or if this piece set piece was over here, I think this would convey more of an emotion. You know, we, we did have a few of those moments, and um, my uh, co-scenic designer James Lansdell in this production, who I just can't rave enough about, they're incredible as a human being and as an artist. Um, really brings up, hey, uh, did you think about this? <laughs> and we're like, no, we didn't think about that. And it totally. I would, could just see it, him saying it like that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to get step on any toes here. Yeah. Yeah, and James and I are developing a really good rapport in terms of design yeah. talk and how we how we communicate. So yeah. Um, yeah, the set would not be what it was without yeah. James's input as well. I have to throw that out there for yeah. sure. Yeah, and that yeah, and, and it is. It is gorgeous. It's I mean, pretty. It's yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's so cool. And it's so sad when it has to go away. <laughs> you know, it is, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, I've gotten used to it. I've been doing this now for about 15 years, uh, designing sets. And- when, when we were cleaning up the back of uh, Stage Left and Sweeney Todd's barber chair was back there, which, of course, was just made out of junk and stuff. But it looked, <laughs> it, I mean, it looked so cool. It was like, oh, it's Sweeney Todd's barber chair. <laughs> Let this go. Oh, well, off in the, off in the U-Haul it went. Um, and Hope, I had a question for you, Hope. So now, Medium Allison, was that is that what the actual title is in the script? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, it doesn't seem like a very nice way to just talk about people. You know, like, um, do you? Uh, and you have a really interesting place to be. Is it so? Is it how? How is? How are the other ones delineated? So it's Allison, and that's adult Allison. Okay. And then medium Allison and small Allison. Small Allison. Okay. Um, yeah, not like well done and, and rare. <laughs> no, rare. Rare. <laughs> but you, um, 
you have a, a really crucial place to play as far as being the connection between uh, small or little Allison and Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, do you did you kind of study them a little bit, or did you just sort of fall into it, or how did you do that? I so a lot of the character work that I did did come from a blank slate, like how I would do this. But as the rehearsal process went on, I watched Maddie and I watched Chelsea and noticed things that they did, um, ways they sat, ways they walked, things that they did. And as the show has gone on, I've tried to incorporate that because I think all three Allisons, they make each other who they are. No Mm -hmm. one is like their own Allison. It's all the same person. And I think that's really important to remember and find those connections within the characters. I I thought the continuity was so marvelous in this. And you know what I thought was really cool, what I really like about this, is um, little Allison and adult Allison both have glasses, but you didn't. I I, do for a little bit. There are moments in the show when I'm like reading or drawing where I I have glasses. Because I thought, you know, this would... This is perfect because if you were in college, you know, that's probably it's all the time. about the contacts. I yeah, know, you know I know. That's, yeah. yeah. And I thought I could see like Troy being on that. Like maybe if there was at one point where you go, everybody should be wearing glasses. And then Troy going like, oh, that's a little too much. You know, I, you know Troy left the, uh, the time to wear and to remove the glasses up to hope. And um, we are so fortunate. Like all of the all of the performers in this show are very intuitive with their acting. Um, you know, and they might have known a little bit about their character coming in, but uh, really they took these characters, even down to, um, you know, little Oliver Donahoe, who plays <laughs> the youngest brother, um, all the way up to Chelsea. You know, every yeah. character uh, is brought to life by people with really intuitive instincts, and you really see that continuity, like you said, between the three Allisons. I think that comes through very nicely because of how... Um, deft the actors are at doing this. Oh, and then when all three of you come together, it's like, oh, just so, yeah, just, oh, yeah. Um, If you had a chance to ask your characters, this is such a basic question, I suppose, what would it be a thing that you would want to know from them? Like, if you were to meet them, go back in a time machine or whatever, Mm. um, or maybe just say to them, not, not even asked to inform your acting career, but as a human being, what would you say? Personally, I would ask, if I met college age Alison Bechtel, I would ask what her favorite book is. She's a big book person. That was something that she had in common with her father. They, instead of talking about maybe their shared queerness, um, they talked about books a lot. It was Alison's favorite class when she, or like English was her favorite class. Um, and I think that would tell me a lot about her, to be honest, if I knew yeah. what her favorite book was at the time. Yeah. So that's what I would ask. Yeah. Anybody else? Ooh, I would. <laughs> um, with playing Joan and Joan just coming across of having like everything together and being so confident and the reactions that I've been getting from the audience, I would just want to take Joan out to coffee and ask um, like the full life story, the struggles, the overcoming, because that's what I'm really curious about. Yeah. Because it just comes across to a lot of people that Joan is just, just has it all and has it all put together. But I, I want to know the, the sticky grimy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about you? Anything? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, There's no. nothing that's fine too. Helen went through so much that I feel like anything I would ask her would be very personal. Yeah. Um, I mean, from... Would you tell her something? Maybe, like, would you tell her... Isaac, from one human to another, what you were um, feeling for her? I mean, definitely. I feel like any person who has ever taken on the role of a parent or a mother um, would relate to Helen's experience. Yeah. Um, and... And how's that... Have you, with your kids, has it kind of informed some more of your stuff or a little bit as a mom yeah 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 definitely it, it really makes you think about how you're spending your time and what you're doing with those days so i guess i would ask her how she's filling her days yeah what she's doing with her life since 
Bruce is gone since the kids are grown. Yeah. What is what is what are her goals and her plans? You know, it's funny because like in the graphic novel, it's a little bit more open ended. Like, did he really kill himself or not? But in the play, they're pretty emphatic about it. And I, I know that was a creative decision that was made when they when they wrote the play. And I think it kind of had to be made for that that moment, right? But yeah, I uh, I read the graphic novel before ever seeing the the first production that I saw, and I I thought even during the production, probably skewed by the graphic novel, that it wasn't clear whether he intentionally kills himself or whether he just happens to accidentally walk out in front of a, a semi truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's beautiful. Um, well, we're going to do our 20-minute... <laughs> this hour goes by so quickly, but before we cut away to, I won't say commercials, but, you know, interest things interesting to the public besides this, um, do you want to let people know um, how they can get tickets again and all that? Absolutely. Uh, if you go to our website, www.stageleftheater.org, that's theater with an E-R, stageleftheater.org, um, you can find out more about our um, about our theater and click on tickets, and you can get tickets to Fun Home. Thank you, and here we go. So, you didn't notice her at first, but I saw her the moment she walked in. She was a delivery woman. She came in with a handcart full of packages. She was an old school butch. Someone just came in the door, like no one I ever saw before. I feel, I feel, I don't know where you came from, I wish I did, I feel so dumb, I feel, your swagger and your bearing and just right clothes you're wearing, your short hair and your dungarees and your lace-up boots. Your keys, oh, your ring of keys. I thought it was supposed to be wrong, but you seem okay with being strong. I want Mondays at 4 p.m. for Solidarity Spokane, the Inland Northwest's local labor hour, hosted by Cat Sabotage, elevating the voices of everyday workers and worker organizations, fighting for your rights in the workplace, and fostering community solidarity. Join us here to reclaim control over your own destiny by reclaiming the conditions and products of your labor. 
That's Mondays at 4 p.m. here on KYRS Thin Air Community Radio. An injury to one is an injury to all. KYRS is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted car, truck, minivan, motorcycle, and more. Vehicles are picked up free of charge, sold, and the proceeds help KYRS bring you the programs you know and love. It's easy to donate your vehicle, and it's tax-deductible. Just call our toll-free line to arrange a free pickup, 855 855- KYRS car. That's 855 597 7227. Out and about, receive support from Boots Bakery and Lounge, specializing in vegan bistro fare and gluten free baked goods. Located in the Saranac Commons, 19 West Main Street. Open 7 a.m. through 7 p.m., Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. through 5 p.m., Sundays. Full menu and information at Boots Bakery. Dot com and I am welcoming welcoming you all back. You in the in the studio, you listening at home. Welcome. I hope that feeling of welcome pervades this entire time. Um, and I'm talking to my friends from Stage Left Theater, and we're going to uh, dive a little bit back into um, into Fun Home, which uh, everybody here I'm talking to is affiliated with that. And I was uh, before we left, I was going to ask each one of you what your favorite moment of the show is. And do you, does anybody have any favorites? Sure, yeah. I Should definitely be. have a favorite moment. We were very fortunate to be able to cast three very talented young people um, to play Small Allison, John, and Christian, um, and that's Maddie... Brownlee, Oliver Donahoe, and Evan Leppard. And they have been probably the three most professional actors on that stage. Absolutely. Um, and I just have to give credit to the Spokane Children's Theater for everything that they've done to help bring those kids into the theater and to teach them responsibility and professionalism and, and just these fantastic acting and music skills that they brought to the to the stage here. Yeah, I, I can't think so of any show that we've done there um, other than some festivals that we've had. Um, have we, we had uh, Eli Wissing played Toby and uh, Sweeney Todd. Oh, that's um, right. There yeah, were yeah, a, couple yeah, other, right. a couple other moments where we've had young people on stage for sure, but it's not very common because of the nature of the subject matter that we tend to touch on tends to be, you know, political or queer or about religion or abuse or suicide or molestation, all sorts of hard-hitting subjects that usually don't include kids in the script. But this one has all of those things in it, actually, and includes kids in the script. So it was really nice um, finding three young professional actors and and whose parents, you know, support their art and who, Mm -hmm. who support them in doing a show that uh, some parents might shy away from having their kids in, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah, and and that that the the scene where they're all playing in the funeral is so delightful. <laughs> I love such a good. Yeah, movie. I love that scene. How about you guys? Any favorite moments? Um, my favorite moment in the show is probably there's a moment where I'm on stage, but I'm like in the dark, like just kind of hanging out, uh-huh. and the scene is happening with. Um, small Allison and Bruce and I take that time to think about the interaction that's happening on stage as well as a lot of other interactions that small Allison had with Bruce because like I said before all of the Allisons feed each other and I think those moments were so important to college to medium Allison and how she went about discovering herself and why she was so scared of certain aspects of things and why you know she wanted to talk about it so bad with her parents and things like that so I just think that's a really fun moment in the show to really think about Allison Bechdel and the things that she went through (laughs) sorry (laughs) no it's not because of you it's because mine's not that serious um I'm (laughs) I'm a raging sucker for one-liners, so when I'm down oh, in the yeah. break room, I hear uh, Barry Saxon get on stage with Roy and say, hey, everybody, <laughs> get pasta! And so there's just so many little one-liners that I'm giggling about, and those are my favorite. <laughs> 
I know, I know what you mean. I know those are the things. Well, like I and my own wife, we had a few of those. <laughs> I love those. We can't really talk about Some on the air, can't but say on air. yeah. Um, so you know, stage left. It's been in the news a lot, and. What's go- what's going on at Stage Left Theater? Jeremy? Oh boy, oh boy! What's not going on at Stage Left? We have been a whirlwind of activity for the last really since COVID, last yeah. four years, but um, more so in the last you know twelve months. We we went to nationals in Louisville, Kentucky, and won best play, director, and ensemble in the nation, which a lot of people don't know. With uh, Antoinette Nwandu's Passover, so Spokane um, has the number one, really the we number are the one reigning champs in the nation. In yeah, the nation. Yeah, at Stage Left, yeah. yeah. For the best play in the nation. Crazy. Crazy, I think. Wow. Just insane. Um, But uh, coming up, uh, we have also been selected as one of the six producing theaters in the country with the American Association of Community Theaters. Um, Every year that they don't have their national um, uh, festival that we won, uh, they have a play fest where playwrights write scripts and hundreds of scripts come into them. They choose the top dozen that they like, and they send it to six theaters in the country to read all of them and grade them and send back our top three that we want to do. And then they select the six that will be published uh, by Dramatist Publishing into an anthology collection. And we're so fortunate um, to be producing uh, Philip J. Kaplan's work, I Thought I Knew You, uh, which will be the show after Fun Home. It's a brand new world premiere. Um, everyone involved in the in the show is going to have their names in a printed book a printed script which is pretty darn cool that's yeah a, that's a pretty neat thing and to, they'll be associated with the play forever absolutely yeah so we have that coming up we have a couple other world premieres we have um our first uh shakespeare production of macbeth in the fall directed by nika Imaru. um new works by chelsea duvall who's actually in fun home she wrote our, our summer production of the same incident which will be directed by david bullis uh, Pam Kingsley's world premiere in the in December. We're just trying to stay um, at the forefront of providing a space for artists to really shine and to produce new and quality work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe somebody listening to this, I mean, really, for Spokane, you can talk about how's the baseball team? <laughs> I mean, if you want to be associated with something winning in Spokane, that is highly successful and wanted their business to be or their name to be associated with that? Is there opportunities for people to to do that? Absolutely. You know, we love having show sponsors or season sponsors. Um, Our playbills are seen by three to 6,000 people for every production that we do, which is quite a huge number for such a small theater. Um, So we're... We're small, but mighty, but we need all the help we can get. So if anyone's interested in, um, you know, becoming a sponsor or even joining our board of directors, we like to represent our community as best we can. So if you're hearing this, you can shoot me a message through our website. Yeah, like a retired person who is active in business or uh, some other adventure. Absolutely. Because all of us on the board, we're all... um, we're all our creatives. Yeah, we're all creatives. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, you know, we need somebody maybe to ground things a little bit. I don't know. You know, it's fun being surrounded by oh, creatives all day, every day. It's a blast. It is a blast. I remember um, when, I, when I was working for an ad agency and I was uh, the writer who was in charge of all the crazy things. Um, they would come and they okay, we're going to have a meeting, an agency-wide meeting. It's going to be at 11 o'clock. Okay, for you creatives... For the writers and the artists. <laughs> that means when the little hand is on the 11 and the big hand, that's not when you start thinking about leaving. That's when you get, you are in the room for the meeting. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's, yeah, sometimes it's a little. You know, there's something to be said, you know, having all business people or having all creatives, but a good mix of that, that those insights are, are really crucial. Yeah. And we do have some of that, you know, on our board. We all are creatives, but many of us are business owners or, yeah. or have managed yeah. businesses. And we all make the trains run. For sure. Time. But we always welcome input, insight. Um, you know, I'm not going to turn down a, a donation um, <laughs> to our little theater because uh, as, as much as it sounds like, and we are, you know, excelling in so many areas and winning awards right and left and, and, um, and really are in the public eye, um, it costs money, you know. Fun home yeah. costs us over ten thousand dollars to produce, yeah. and that's it's a little theater, so that's not a lot of seats. It's not, we, yeah. You know, when you we learn to recycle, thing. reuse, and yeah. <laughs> rejuvenate, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, why don't we go around real quick? We are we got about a, a minute here. Why don't we just tell everybody what um, what you all are going to be doing next? What's next after Fun Home? 
Uh, well, we have an event coming up uh, with Stage Left in partnership with Nine. Um, and we are doing a Drunks Shakespeare event fundraiser um, that will be hosting at nine on March 30th. Um, and that will be a group of local actors that will be doing Shakespeare scenes and monologues while intoxicated. And there is audience participation. Oh, I should talk to you about this afterwards. There, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. But the, it's going to be a great event, and we're really looking forward to that. Fantastic. Um, oh, what's next for me? Um, I am trying to go to school for musical theater right now, so that's kind of what's Where are you in going my... to school at? Pardon? Where, where do you go to school at? Right now, nowhere. I'm okay. auditioning for schools at the okay. moment, and okay. so that is kind of what my future looks oh, like right okay. now, well, is good. auditioning they'll for schools. Lucky. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be very blessed to have you, <laughs> that's for sure. Genuinely. Um... I'm going to be uh, clicking buttons and saying 10 till places for I Thought I Knew You. Um, Lizzie, one of the in-house stage managers for Stage Left, um, I've been the assistant for her. And it is my first time flying solo. Oh, fantastic. All right. So, Jeremy, I'm going to let you have the last word. and letting people know how they can get tickets to go see fun home sure yeah visit our website at www.stageleftheater.org that's theater with an er and click on tickets you can click on donate you can click on contact us there's a lot of different uh ways you can get in touch with us and we'd love to see you uh come out and see this wonderful production that these actors have worked so hard on it's a beautiful thing i saw it opening night and i want to go see it again all right thank you everybody and thanks for all to all my audience members for listening and I will talk with you next week. Thank you, Maeve. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, you are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane. Political operation recruited the herring fisherman to be his corporate pawns and is orchestrating this judicial flimflam. This is Jim Hightower saying a recent headline meekly reports that conservative interests take aim at regulations. No, Coke forces are not conservative, they're corporate supremacists. And they're not aiming at regulations, but at you and me. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you subscribers to Jim Hightower's Lowdown on Substack. Find us at jimhightower.substack.com. You're listening to the incredible full power of KYRS Medical Lake Spokane. The following program was pre-recorded. This is Democracy Now! Secretary Blinken embarks on this fifth trip to the Middle East. What we need to be watching for is how much Arab and Israeli officials take him seriously. The Biden administration hasn't been able to negotiate an end to the war or even a pathway to ending the wars. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is back in the Middle East as Israel threatens to launch a ground invasion of Rafah, where over half of all residents of Gaza have sought refuge. While the United States has rejected calls for a permanent ceasefire, Blinken is pushing for a new truce and hostage deal. We'll speak to HuffPost's Akbar Shahid Ahmad. Then we speak to an American doctor who recently returned from Gaza. What really gets me is not the ones who are, you know, dead on arrival, unfortunately, because there's nothing maybe that could have been done for them except to stop the bombing. But it's the ones that we could have saved. It's that 15-year-old that had he just gotten to the operating room quick enough. You know, had, had we not been completely overwhelmed with the overflow of 500 patients in the ER overnight. We'll speak to Dr. Seema Jalani and air recordings she made from inside Al-Aqsa Hospital, one of the last functioning hospitals in central Gaza. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Nermeen Sheikh. As Gazans brace for an expected Israeli ground invasion of Rafah, 
Unrelenting attacks across the besieged territory continue as the death toll tops 27,500 people with another 67,000 wounded after nearly four months of daily attacks. Israeli strikes hit residential areas, elementary schools, hospitals and aid distribution sites all within recent days. The Palestine Red Crescent Society published footage Monday showing its Jabalia headquarters in northern Gaza heavily destroyed after Israeli attacks. Meanwhile, an UNRWA food convoy was attacked by Israeli artillery fire Monday. This is Juliette Touma, Communications Director for the UN-Palestinian Refugee Agency. It was not the first time an UNRWA convoy with the United Nations was attacked.